Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge, line one right down the line. Swung on and line to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. All right. Welcome, everybody. We're back for another episode of the Bomber Brothers podcast brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. We made our triumphant return on Friday morning after the Yankees had finished off another series win. This time, not so great. The Yankees lost just their second series this season. The other one was to the Orioles, which is still... Still feels weird to say, but Yankees were swept in the doubleheader yesterday as we record here on a Monday. There was all kinds of controversy and discord with this series with the Josh Donald, Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson feud. We'll get into that. We'll talk about the uh, bullpen situation now, which is looking a little less formidable than it was just a few days ago Chapman apparently is dealing with an Achilles issue Chad Green out for the season with Tommy John which is what we expected and talked about on Friday but still a tough blow now that that's confirmed but first Sean I guess we'll start off with the Donaldson Anderson feud and um, I don't know I, I don't know what you thought of it but it kind of sucks that some bad vibes were thrown on what's been a pretty amazing season so far for the Yankees and sure enough the White Sox come back the next day and and sweep the double header and only fitting that the exclamation point of that sweep was Anderson hitting a no doubt three-run shot and shushing the crowd as he was rounding the bases yeah I mean that's one of those kind of cool baseball moments not maybe cool for us but um just kind of like the um, what was his name? Brousseau that hit the home run off Chapman after the dust up. It just always seems like that kind of stuff in baseball comes around. It just makes the game so poetic for all the numbers we try to assess. It's uh, it's always interesting how that, that kind of stuff works out. But um, yeah, I mean, the weekend got off to, obviously there was the rain out on Friday and then you get into to Saturday and it starts off great with the Yankees jumping out to a five, nothing lead and LeMahieu hitting the grand slam on the uh, on his 10 year anniversary in the big leagues, which is huge. And uh, you kind of had your eye on the Donaldson Anderson stuff after what happened last weekend. 
And then after the game, which was a really like a fun win, a, you know, kind of like a hold them off kind of win where the Yankees did tack on Rizzo with the big sack fly late, uh, I thought it was a huge, huge moment. But, um, but yeah. And, and then you find out like what this feud's been about. It wasn't about like a hard tag or like some kind of like fun stuff. Like I think people were speculating it was the Giolito uh, piece with the sticky stuff, which I mean, that would have been fine. But then you find out it was, you know, something that, um, you know, uh, Josh Donaldson thought was an inside joke, but Tim Anderson obviously doesn't. And I mean, like, I, I think a good point is you don't have inside jokes with people you don't get along with. Um, so that was that, you know, that was, that was pretty, um, discouraging. I would say, uh, I was happy though, that at the end of his little spiel that Donaldson did say, like, now that he understands that it's, it's not cool for, for him to say that he won't say it anymore and that he was open to talking it out with Tim, but, uh, you'd expect a little bit more maturity for a guy that's been in the league that long to kind of read the situation a little bit better and understand that, you know, like when there's something racial, if it's not okay with the, with the party that you're, you're offending, it's, it's not okay. And, and just like, you would, you would have expected him to be a little bit more mature about that. But also when the Yankees got him, I think we all kind of knew that this guy was, uh, very outspoken and often put his foot in his mouth. And, uh, you know, it only took us two months here to get to, to our first thing where it's like, Oh, remember when you didn't like him because the crap he said about Garrett Cole, well now, now he's saying worse stuff and it's, he's on our team and, you know, it's not something you want to defend or, or anything, but it does make, uh, it does make the guy harder to root for. I'll say that. Yeah. And this is obviously a different nature than the Cole stuff, the Giolito stuff. Like, you know, this is something that a player took racial offense to. And like you, you said, Len, it was uh, Liam Hendricks who said it before game one of Sunday's doubleheader. You know, usually you don't have inside jokes with people you don't get along with. I, I, I think it's, I, I don't know. It's hard to get into Josh Donaldson's head and figure out why in the world he thought that would be an appropriate time for a quote unquote inside joke when he's been going at it with this guy for a week now. And apparently he said it in the first inning of, of the game on Saturday and then went back and said it again in the third when they were when they had to be separated coming off the field when he had been on second base when the last out was made and Anderson was nearby at shortstop. But I just with everything that happened with the tag the week before in Chicago and apparently saying it again in the first inning, which it seems like Anderson obviously didn't respond well to that. I just why why would you continue to say it? You don't have inside jokes with people that are currently not liking you. And and it goes back even further than that, like you said, with the Giolito stuff, you know, uh, saying, you know, apparently yelling no more sticky stuff after he hit a home run off Giolito when the. Uh, sticky stuff crackdown was going on last year. And then there was apparently the whole debacle of waiting in the parking lot for some White Sox players. And like you said, he's a controversial player and we knew that coming in. Uh, I wish it wasn't controversial in this nature because that's obviously makes it way more difficult to defend and root for a player who would do something like that. And And again, I don't think there was anything purposeful about what he said in terms of trying to make a racial offense. I think like he was just being an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Yasmani Grandal said after the game that Donaldson must live in his own little world. If he thinks that an inside joke like that would be appropriate given the context and how the players weren't getting along. And that's probably it. Donaldson just living in his own world. Like you said, he acknowledged after the game, if, if it's, 
if it's uh, not appropriate, then it's not something he'll say anymore. And I don't know, when, when he first brought up the context of why he was saying that with the 2019 story, like I'm sure everybody else did when they heard it, we went and clicked on that 2019 Sports Illustrated story by Stephanie Epstein, which is which is an awesome story. Uh, but there is the quote in there where he says, you know, I feel like I'm the next Jackie Robinson trying to bring fun back into the game. But that was just one pulled quote, like the full context of what he was saying is because he also feels that way because he spent almost his entire career as the only black man on his entire White Sox team. And you represent a sport where African-American participation has been dwindling significantly since like, you know, the first, the strike in 1994. And you play in a city of Chicago that has the second highest African-American population in any city in the country. So he was saying it in a context of like, he also does feel kind of alone out there, not just because he was getting, you know, pitches thrown at him and criticism from old school mindsets because of how he celebrates home runs and, you know, does his bat throws back towards his team's dugout on the field, but also because of just how he feels because of who he is and, and where he is in terms of his team and his sport. So that just, I don't know, it doesn't seem like a very tasteful spot for a joke when it comes to that story itself. And I'm sure Donaldson probably, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Donaldson didn't read that whole story. I was just, was just gonna that, say, I would just bet saw anything. That did. Quote. Yeah, I would bet anything. Donaldson did not read that whole article. He doesn't. He, you know, he seems like a fiery guy. He just kind of, you know, probably saw the quote and it was like, oh, this guy thinks he's the next Jackie. I'm gonna bust his chops about it. And uh, and yeah, wound up saying a you know stupid thing uh, at a really stupid time, considering all all the beef that's going on between them and. Uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. And then of course, Tim Anderson has the, has the last laugh on, on Sunday night baseball, um, hitting the home run and really blow that game open in a day when the, you know, as, as fun as Saturday was with the, you know, LeMahieu grand slam and, and the offense kind of, kind of tacking on, they look terrible on Sunday. Yeah. The, Vibes changed quickly after Saturday's win and the Anderson stuff. And that's the second big Anderson home run against the Yankees in less than a year. We had the Field of Dreams game, obviously, off Britain. And that was another bullpen hiccup. But yes, the uh, bullpen was not at its best on Sunday. And Chapman was a reason for that. Loizaga was a reason for that. They both have been struggling. And now Chad Green is on the shelf for the rest of the season with Tommy John surgery. But before we dive into into the Green stuff, which is really such a huge bummer for him as he was getting ready for to finally enter free agency. But uh, but Sean, with, with Loisaga struggling, Chapman struggling, Green out, Britain not back until way later in the year is, I don't know, obviously the Yankees have had some emerging arms in King and Holmes, but... I don't know. It's, it's sudden, it suddenly seems like the Yankees might have a, a little bit of a, a bullpen depth problem right now. Yeah, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna text you. I think on Saturday because you could on in the Saturday game you could feel that game really kind of going in the White Sox favor as it went along, but but the Yankees offense was able to to come through. And I was going to say, I think you know what? Aside from a center fielder, we need to talk about Aaron Hicks again. Um, aside from a center fielder. 
I think a bullpen arm is where I would be targeting my trade. I mean, the catching situation is not good. Don't get me wrong, but I think you're getting adequate defense from the catching situation, adequate pitch framing, I'll say from the catching situation. I wouldn't want to mess with the pitchers right now. Um, but the, the bullpen is, is worrying me. And when you see game like on Saturday where you, you have a five run lead and then, you know, I know Nestor wasn't great, but you know, the, the bullpen did let Chicago get even closer. It's funny. We say Nestor wasn't great and it only bumped his ERA up to like 1.8, but um, yeah, it, it definitely is concerning. And, you know, the Loisega piece to me is so crazy because he was unreal last year and this year he's, he's not doing very well. And, and now with, with green out, we're, we're going to have more, more of these, uh, you know, more stress on, on the reliable arms. And, and we know like down the road that could, that could cause an issue. So when you're playing these games, you can't have, you know, the offense needs to be able to put up a little bit more to create a cushion because you can't have these tense games and, you know, tie games in the ninth where you're bringing in Chapman. It's just, it's, it's a crapshoot there. That game should not have been tied. Well, I don't know what would have happened, but the, the Aaron Hicks pickoff in the eighth inning was just atrocious. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The Hicks situation is something that has to be addressed. He's had his struggles at the plate, certainly now on the bases in the field, which, you know, soured. Well, I think he had a two hit game before yeah. that happened. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of problems with Hicks in center field right now, but yeah, back to the, to the bullpen with, with low Isaga, like you said, I mean, he just got knocked around again last night. His ERA is up to just over seven now. And is um his expected slugging percentage is up to 429 that's almost double what it was last year that would be his career worst right now his and and the walks are what's killing him too taking a little bit too much out of Chapman's book but he's he's got a 13.7 walk rate right now that's nearly triple what it was last year 5.7 last year it was 7 in 2020 so he's trending right back to where he was in the first two seasons of his career when he struggled with his command and his walk rate was at about 11%. But now it's worse than ever. So, you know, is this is this a result of trying to learn how to pitch with these different baseballs that seem to be in circulation this year that a lot of people are complaining about? Is it just a mechanical thing? I don't know, but the Yankees are definitely going to need him to figure that out. He was one of their most reliable bullpen arms last year. He was one of the best in baseball last year. And now all of a sudden he can't consistently throw strikes when he does throw strikes, it gets hit and hit hard. So the wise ago was, was not good again yesterday and neither was Chapman. Now we have an apparent Achilles injury that he's dealing with. There was a walk, a wild pitch, a pass ball and Chapman just does not look sharp at all. And, and honestly, when they brought up the Achilles thing, I was my initial reaction was just like, well, he, d he just looks like he always does when he goes into one of these funks where he can't throw strikes. Like, I don't see anything physical, but it, it does look like he was laboring a little yesterday. And now he's saying he's been dealing with it for nearly two weeks. So that's that's not great. I, I, I guess I understand why the Yankees are trying to just go the treatment route with him and push through it because they are still in the midst coming down the home stretch now of a of a stretch of 23 games in 22 days um, because of rain outs and double headers and things like that but they don't have off until just after memorial day so 
I understand needing to push through it, but I mean, Chapman's really not giving you much at all. I think it might be time to consider an IL stint and get him off that Achilles. You know, someone tweeted, I think after the home run, not even before the the walk, the wild pitch and the double, like Chapman needs a phantom IL stint coming up here. And I kind of was like, yeah, you need to just reset him because that's what happens. It's like uh, the old Nintendo, you know, take the game out, blow in the cartridge, put it back in like that. That always happens with him where he stinks. They had to have to do like a reset and then uh, and then bring him back. So I think they should ship him off to the IL. He's he's he, having him out there is just a, you know, a, a nightmare situation for a fan. It, it's it's a heart attack every appearance. And I mean, I don't know if, if, if you know, that the Achilles is why he's has that issue, but put him on the shelf, let him get healthy, let him work on his getting his mechanics back because I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a major league pitcher, but I'm sure if you are unable to land properly or push off properly, it's going to affect the rest of your mechanics. And, you know, like you had said with Loisaga, Loisaga's issue is now control. I think if, if you watch Loisaga pitch, his stuff is still really, really good. Um, but it's just the control. Like, you know, he, he's, he, I, I remember one home run that he gave up that I was like, that was a good, that was a good location. And he just got beat out of but uh, other than that he's been really his stuff is fine chapman's stuff is not exactly fine but um with the location being as bad as it is it it, it creates a, a tough thing so he's got to get back to his mechanics i think an il stint probably is is where he should he should be headed and uh you know uh i think they they have a couple arms they could maybe call up and just kind of weather the storm. And um, look, I know as Yankee fans, we want to all go through and, you know, go on this pace of losing what, like 44 games throughout the entire year. But, um, you know, you build up a big lead so you could weather storms like this. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's better to be proactive and, and kind of kind of get him right. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it about Loisaga. I mean, in terms of fastball velocity, spin rate, he's all up in the 95th, 96th percentiles in in Major League Baseball right now, according to StatCast, but those uh, walk rate numbers, the expected slugging numbers, those are all way down, looking mm-hmm. a lot more blue than those than those other numbers. Yeah. So, but one more thing about Loisaga too, I, I thought about it. Do you remember in 2018 Green? So 2017 Green, and I know we're going to get to Green in a second here, but he had a, a breakout year in 2017, and then in 2018 he took a step back, and they actually sent him back to the minors, and he got himself figured out, and he came back, he was better. I'm not saying that they need to send Loisaga down, but I also think like Yankee fans, it's completely normal to see somebody have a breakout season and then regress a little bit. And, you know, it's up to the Yankees to make sure that they identify what the problem is and to fix it. And I mean, with the job that Matt Blake has done with the pitchers that are here, um, I think it's just a matter of time before they, uh, before they do get Loisaga righted. Yeah, no, absolutely. Me too. And I think like you brought up and we just mentioned the stuff is there, the velocity is there, the spin rate is there. So all the foundations to getting back to where he was last year are there. And look at the job Matt Blake has done with his pitching staff already, especially the starting rotation. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought. I remember sending green down was a surprise when it happened, but then he came back and looked a lot more like himself I think the adjustment he made when he got back was that he was like setting his hands a lot low. Was it lower or higher? But he was, he changed something with how he was setting his hands before he would deliver the pitch and it, and it helped him out a lot. And he got back to 
you know, he didn't, never really got back to the pitcher he was in 2017 because he was just absolutely dominant and he just had his occasional meltdowns. But Green was a great pitcher for the Yankees and we should probably just get to him now because we might have seen Chad Green throw his last pitch, which was what, a sig- single to Rugnet Odor? Not not the best way to go out. Well, we'll see. Before we before we transition really quick, just want to give some kudos to our boy. Dude, Seve was was tremendous again this, this weekend. So oh, I, think, yeah. I, I think to put a bow on on the weekend, I would say the starting pitching was I mean, look, Cortez gave up a three-run homer, but other than that, you know, he labored through through a good start. But I mean, you got to be really happy with what you saw from the starters uh against a pretty decent lineup on on Sunday. And and I think you know, speaking of hands, remember when they changed where Seve held his hands when he worked with Pedro, that's when he really took off. So uh, really, really great to see Seve back out there. So trying to take a positive away from a tough day, you know, great, great starting pitching. And, you know, when Seve got out of the bases loaded, no out jam, I was actually listening to John and Susan. I was so pumped up. I was, you know, so happy for him. And you could just, I could just picture in my head that the, the Seve scream. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Happy to see him cruising. Sevi was fantastic, and I root so hard for Sevi every time he's on the mound just because of everything he's been through injury-wise and, and where he was before all these injuries, and it's just so great to see him getting back to that. And like Boone has said a couple starts ago, how he's not necessarily getting back to where he was in 2018. He's evolving into a more mature pitcher. He's throwing his change up a lot more and trusting it a lot more, and that's a pitch he didn't even really have until – 2018 when he started using and everyone said he would need to develop a reliable third pitch to be a steady starter and consistently dominant starter and now he has that change up it looks really good he's even throwing a cutter a little bit now it's he's definitely maturing into a different pitcher and he had his he had his innings last night where he looked dominant and I think another cool thing about his start last night like you mentioned getting out of the bases loaded jam but he also allowed the leadoff man to reach five straight innings and got out of all of them so he he battled his way through a tough lineup like you said the White Sox have dealt with a ton of injuries so far this season but they are also still have a, a potent lineup I mean Anderson's one of the most consistent hitters in the league you have Abreu and Robert who have a ton of pop Moncada's struggled a little bit this year but he's still capable of doing a lot on on offense so it's uh it's very inspiring to see Severino pitch the way he did last night and Tyone gave you a great outing Cortez like you mentioned was not at his best but you could tell watching that game you could tell almost immediately that he didn't have his typical command that he usually does but he wound up just you know he made that one mistake I don't even know if I want to call it a mistake to Abreu that was just a great job of Abreu getting his hands in on that cut I mean that cutter was not even over the plate that had cut right back in on his hands but Abreu was just ready to jump on it and he muscled it over the fence for a three-run home run that was really the only damage that Cortez let up so the rotation is still an absolute absolutely a bright spot and it's was the bright spot of of this weekend as well when there wasn't too much else going on to be all that thrilled about but uh let's yeah let's move on to uh to Chad Green like we were talking about who is who maybe we saw him throw his final pitch as a Yankee that would be a bummer but it's you know a lot of people kind of bring up Green's meltdowns that he has from time to time he was among the league leaders in those which meltdown constitutes pitch on the mound when your win probability shifts 
at least 4% one way or the other, and you're giving up a certain amount of runs. And um, he has certainly had a lot of those. But what did you think of of Green going down to possibly being the end of his career as a Yankee and right before he's about to reach free agency? Absolutely bummed, man. I mean, I think I know I know Yankee fans have soured on Green over the last couple of years, in, in my opinion. But um, just from being at games and hearing the way fans react to some of his appearances. But I'm a big Chad Green fan. Uh, the whole run in 2017 doesn't happen without doing what he did in game one of the wild card game. Yankees probably don't have a, I mean, he was a huge difference maker in, in 2017. He was, you know, he did a, a, a admirable job as the opener in 2019. Um, he's, he's hasn't been the most lights out pitcher uh, the Yankees have had in that bullpen since 2017, where he was just absolutely incredible, but um, he's, he's been reliable. I'll say like he has his stints where you're, you know, it's, it's not as exciting, not as, not as fun, but um, you know, he was always a pitcher that you, you, you felt is, was going to, you know, maybe give up a dinger once a month that, that hurts, but he, you know, he, he also got a lot of big outs for the Yankees over the years. And for, you know, for a long time, he was one of the, the stalwarts and he's been with the team for so long and he's only been a Yankee his whole career. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if the Yankees will do kind of like what the Dodgers did when, when they took Canely and, and give him a contract and, and hope that he comes back after that. I don't know what that'll look like. I'm sure some team will though. Cause you know, he's, he's shown the ability to get big outs, um, you know, be versatile serving as the opener. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss Chad green. That that's for, that's for sure. And I think the Yankee fans are going to miss him more than they think, because it does make the bullpen a little bit shorter, you know, you need guys like that. Like not every guy is going to be as good as Clay Holmes every year. Um, and, and a guy like Chad Green, he gets some big outs for you that you don't even think about it because you just kind of remember the, you know, some of the home runs or whatnot. Absolutely. You start to take a pitcher for granted when that pitcher is always around. And that's who Green was and is. He, he had not had an IL stint since his rookie year in 2016. And he was one of the most valuable relievers in all of baseball since his breakout 2017 he's fourth among all relievers in major league baseball in war since 2017 i mean for context chapman i think is 12th and he's been relatively healthy throughout his time since coming back to the yankees in 2017 but chapman was was among the best i think hater is first and that's that's saying a lot he's had a 2.96 era since 2017 so that's about as reliable as it gets to have a reliever in your bullpen who has an ERA under three for the last five seasons. And I, it's just a bummer. I mean, it's, it sucks. It makes you kind of a little mad at like the structure of, of baseball and free agency and arbitration. Cause here he was finally about to get his payday after you know going through arbitration and rookie salaries for the beginning of his career. And now, you know, with Tommy John, he's going to be out pretty much all of next year. So who knows what kind of payday he's going to get. And it was it's certainly going to be less than what he deserved before this happened. I think you, you kind of saw it happen with Patances too, yep. not that long ago. One of the most dominant relievers in all of baseball for four years. Then he has the Achilles problems. And obviously Patances has never been the same again. But so you, you hope Green can can bounce back. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, the, it's – 
you, you go through the lockout and it's frustrating and it's annoying. And I think a lot of fans tendencies is to say, well, they're all millionaires. Why don't they just get out there and play? Well, the, you know, the billionaires are holding more money back and they're making more and more of a percentage and the younger players specifically that haven't gotten a free agency yet, you know, they're, they're kind of tied to, to this structure that's in place. They don't have the free market to become multimillionaires. They have to rely on systems like arbitration uh, like minimum salary and and rely on the service time stuff. And that's what happened has happened to to Chad Green, where he's right about to get his payday. And now his payday might not ever come. And, you know, per year, I'm sure he makes, you know, decent salary. But when you extrapolate it over your lifetime, because, you know, his career could be, I mean, I don't mean to be dramatic, but it could be over. Who knows, you know, what, what happens after surgery. We've seen guys that we're like, oh, they're getting Tommy John, they'll be fine. And then we don't see them for, you know, a while. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with green. Um, you know, I think, I, I hope this isn't it for him, but I'll always be grateful for him for the 2017 wild card game. I, I remember, uh, following along with that game and just after he gets out of that inning, you're like, all right, Santana's on the mound. We got a shot. Like the place was still rocking. It reminded me very much of when Moose got out of the jam and the Oh three ALCS coming in for Pedro. I mean, I'm sorry, coming in for Clemens, obviously not the same stakes, but it was very reminiscent of that, of like, all right, we held them. Now we have our shot and really turn, turn that entire game around right there. Absolutely. He's the MVP of that game. Now, nobody can convince me different. That game does not happen without Chad Green. If he doesn't get out of that jam, you can argue that the Yankees don't complete that comeback. Maybe they don't get the 2-0 series comeback in the ALDS. Maybe you don't see the big rally in game four of the ALCS. So all of our best to Chad Green and hopeful for a speedy recovery. But now it's time to look ahead to the Orioles series. And again, if you are liking what you're listening, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bomber Brothers Podcast on WFAN and Odyssey. So, Sean, the uh, got Baltimore again, three more this time in, this time in the Bronx. The only other team the Yankees have lost a series to this year, aside from the one they just lost last night. So perfect person to have on the mound to kind of get back on track and maybe perfect team to have in town to get back on track. But the Yankees do have Cole going today in in the series opener. And I would imagine it's a pretty universal feeling of feeling good about this series with the Orioles and facing them at home, even with the hype of Adley Rutschman being brought up by Baltimore. This, this should be a series win for the Yankees and honestly should be a sweep because it's the Orioles. I mean, well, first of all, I just want to say the video of Rushman getting called up was awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that stuff always gets to me. Just you get to live out your dream. That that's amazing. But you know, I think, I think the, the pitching matchup, um, you know, for tonight, hugely slanted the Yankees favor Cole's kind of tapped into it lately. Lyle's not exactly the best, but look, I, I mean, I think they need to win two out of three. They, they probably will win two out of three. I don't know if this series is, is an easy sweep because, you know, Montgomery's going on Tuesday and while he's been good, the Yankees never score for him. And they're facing Zimmerman who in a couple starts has given the Yankees trouble earlier this year. And then on, on Wednesday, it's, it's TBD for their starter. So I don't know where they're going to go with that because of the double header. You're going to have to have a six starter fill in somewhere. So there is the potential for a letdown somewhere in here. Um, but I mean, obviously playing the Orioles, you, you would expect a sweep, but 
they have been a little bit better this year. Um, we'll see though, coming into Yankee stadium, what it looks like. Um, but I, you know, I, I would say that tonight, definitely you look to call to set, set the tone and kind of write this ship and put a lot of the BS, um, from the weekend that, uh, that Donaldson and, and Hicks and the bullpen has kind of soured our mouth. I'm sure probably Yankee fans are mad at us. They're like, man, you drop your first episode on the fan and now the Yankees <laughs> lose the first series in like a month and a half. What the heck? But, uh, you know, hopefully the Yankees get righted here against the, against the Orioles. And I, I look to Cole tonight and also the offense to come, come back to life a little bit. Um, I, don't really know how much of an impact having no no Gallo or Higgy is really going to have on on the offense, but um, you know you look for Judge and Stan and maybe Rizzo to 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 get things going a little bit here. Yeah, you have Cole on the mound tonight for the series opener. You got Bruce Zim- Bruce Zimmerman going for the Orioles, and he pitched he pitched a shutout in five innings in his first game against the Yankees this year. But he's already faced them three times, I believe, because of how often these two teams have played and the. Second time he faced them, it was it was three runs. The next time against them, it was five runs in five innings, seven yeah. hits. So the Yankees started to figure him out. So according to according to MLB app, though Lyles is pitching tonight and Zimmerman is tomorrow. That's Maybe. what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. Lyles. Gotcha. Lyles is, I mean, Lyles is another one that they faced yeah. a, a few times this mm-hmm. year. But yes, sorry, it's Lyles and Cole tonight. Uh, another pitcher the Yankees should handle anyway. If the offense is performing like it's supposed to, we've obviously seen it struggle at times randomly against bad pitching, but I don't think last night. How about Johnny Cueto shutting them down? Yeah, that, that was, that was brutal. (laughs) We talked about that. No, last, last night I can get over Kopech looked really good and he's, he's a good pitcher, but yeah, just getting silenced by Johnny Cueto is, was not, uh, not fun to watch. Yeah, and then Judge had hit the big home run. I know we're going in circles now. Judge hit a huge home run yesterday, and then, you know, you, you want to see a sound series against the Orioles. You've seen the Yankees make a couple boneheaded plays here and there over the last week. Uh, you know, I'm looking at you, Aaron Hicks. Um, you want to see the Yankees get back to playing strong baseball. Um, I, you know, I think a big win tonight, maybe like, uh, you know, a 7-1 Yankees win, something like that, really would help reset the bullpen, uh, especially going and probably what will be a couple tighter games later in the week. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking for the Yankees to have a big win tonight. I think Cole come out and and set the tone and, uh, hopefully they can cruise, um, you know, cruise to a nice, uh, nice sweep or at least two out of three. Um, and, and then, you know, before we we start to look ahead to Tampa, so really a take care of business series before, you know, the week we move up in weight class. Yeah. Like you said, this needs to be a take care of business series because Tampa is waiting and some tough teams after that as well. You have Tampa a couple times coming up over the next month. There's going to be a Houston series coming up here pretty soon. There is Detroit uh, in the middle of that, but the competition is going to get a little tougher. The Yankees haven't even faced uh, Tampa Bay yet this season. And uh, there's, been a lot of games against the Orioles. There's been a few games against the depleted White Sox team that they were beating up on before last night. So the competition's going to get harder. And I think, I mean, certainly it looks like the Yankees are up to the task given how successful they've been so far this season, even against teams like Toronto. But it's important to, when you have built yourself an early lead like this, it's important to take care of business against these bad 100 loss teams to make sure you can 
keep that cushion so you can absorb some yeah. future losses against tough teams that you're not going to be able to sweep. Yeah, like the Yankees, after after this series, they go to Tampa Bay, come home and play the Angels, who, you know, they're, great. they're formidable. Then they have the Tigers. Then they go to Minnesota. Then they have the Cubs and then Tampa Bay and Toronto and Tampa Bay again and then Houston. So it's a gauntlet, and you got to really take care of business in those series against the Orioles, the Tigers, and the Cubs because – you know, I mean, when you're playing good teams, you, you, you're you not going to expect to win every series. It's baseball. Everybody's, you know, all the good teams are are, are competitive. So really got to take care of the, the basement dwellers, the bottom dwellers and uh, and, you know, look for the Yankees to do that here um, to set themselves up. So they, you know, like I said, they, they've, they have built a cushion against teams that are maybe a little bit subpar. Uh, so to speak, but that's what you're supposed to do. And I don't think we expect them to continue at the current pace they're at as, as the weight, weight class picks up, but you got to make sure that you're hitting your landing spots there, getting big leads, playing good fundamental baseball. So you're saving your bullpen a little bit. Absolutely. So we'll see how the Yankees handle that three game series. I guess really quick before we go, the Yankees give out a championship belt to a player, whoever they thought their MVP was after every win. So what's, why don't we, uh, why don't you give me your prediction for who gets the cha- who should get the championship belt for this overall series coming up, and who who you thought gets the championship belt for the previous series? Previous series, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to um, to Sevy. Uh, Same here. You know, seven innings, no runs, and I thought it was a very gutsy gutsy performance uh, this week coming up. I'm going I'm going with uh, with Judge. I think he continues to mash. He's he's having an MVP caliber season, and I think uh, he, he senses the urgency to get get a series win here. So I'm going to go go Judge. Very controversial pick. I know. <laughs> well, damn. Well, I mean, you had the exact same two picks that uh, I was going to have. So I guess I'll uh, I'll go a different route and I'll I'm sticking with Sevy because he definitely was mm-hmm. gets it for his performance last night. But I'll, I'll go. Torres, maybe a little bit of his Orioles dominance comes back now that he's uh, finding himself a little more at, at the plate this season and been a lot better in the field too. So I'll say I'll say Torres comes up with some big hits this series and and the Yankees get a series win, hopefully a sweep, but I'd say definitely expectations should at least be a series win. But yeah. that's uh that's gonna do it for us. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about this Orioles series that we just previewed. Don't forget. Rate, review, subscribe to the Bomber Brothers. We're here twice a week after every series. So wasn't a great outcome this weekend, but hopefully we'll be talking about a different outcome when we talk on Thursday. And thanks, everybody, for listening. See you later, everybody. Let's go Yanks.